Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Hi, um, so thanks very much for joining us on this podcast. I'm joined um, with Catherine van der Mueller. My name's Gareth Bayliss. I work for the Ice House. Hello, Catherine. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. So I guess a bit of backstory on both of us for people who have not met us before. I work for the Ice House and manage, um, I'm a customer growth partner and I manage the sales for the South Island and Auckland Central. I've been there about three years now. And um, we work closely with Catherine, who is based in Marlborough. Um, And so, I mean, can you just give us a bit of a brief overview of your background, Catherine, where you've come from? Sure. Where you've ended up in in Marlborough? Um, Absolutely. Uh, So by default, I am an Aussie. We moved to New Zealand last January uh, to have a year uh, a year just to have a bit of a break and have some time and space to connect to all the wonderful things that are in New Zealand and work on some meaningful projects and the year has been extended ongoingly, uh, hopefully forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, We absolutely love it here. Uh, In terms of where I've come from, we had a family business in Australia, which was called Supro. We had 160 stores uh, all across Australia and New Zealand and predominantly I was focused on uh, the brand and marketing, but certainly we had been through many tumultuous times and when I first started in 1997, I was there for 15 years. We were in voluntary administration. So voluntary administration is probably the darkest place that you could get to um, where the administrators are really pulling apart all the different assets of your business and looking at what they can sell and looking at what they can diversify. So that was the world that I came into. And um, certainly we made a comeback uh, after that. We went from 40 stores at that time to 160 stores and I think we actually created an incredible pivot because we had to go through such dramatic change at that time uh, and it really kind of launched us into uh, the 2000s really Um, and yeah a really wonderful at the time fun organization to work in I was obviously in my 20s and we were having an absolute ball uh, building the business you know but again it got into financial disarray towards the end and we ended up selling the business six or seven years ago to cotton on group so mm-hmm. yeah so that's a bit of background to my world so coming from the the retail area but um since you've been working in new zealand you've obviously been uh, coaching businesses of you know different industries and coming from different mm. backgrounds um and based mainly in marlborough but also doing things across new zealand or is it mainly in marlborough yeah, it's been predominantly Marlborough, um, but certainly across uh, New Zealand um, because obviously with a, being an online uh, business and predominantly coaching from online, yeah. you can really work from work from anywhere. Uh, and when people find out that I'm in Marlborough, they're like, what are you doing in Marlborough? <laughs> uh, so, you know, so um, I really, you can be, you can be anywhere and supporting businesses um, from anywhere these days. And yeah. that's what I love. Uh, love about the business that I work in yeah and so you've been doing some virtual coaching for before COVID 
Just yeah, forward. so I've always probably been doing um, coaching from online and just doing digital through video, um, through video comms, through Zoom and go to meeting and all sorts of things. And sometimes my rural internet can be a little bit dodgy, mm -hmm. so we often have to um, push from video back to traditional audio. We haven't had to go back to landline or faxes yet. No. Um, but God knows, if there's too many people on our rural internet, then uh, it can all go a bit pear shaped. Yes, I imagine, say. and I think. I think what I've realised is obviously during the COVID lockdown, we've been doing a lot of online coaching is that people are very open to how that works. And if you are in a meeting, it drops out. Everyone's like, oh, crap, let's start again. And then you just hook back into it. It's not actually as stressful as what people would think. It's you just yeah. get on with it. And you find in lockdown okay? I mean, give us an insight into where you are at the moment. I'll give you an insight. I'm in a garage in West Auckland. Um, it's not very fancy and it's not very warm, but it's very quiet. And I've got a three-year-old and a eight-month-old, so this is the best place for me to be, do, to do my work. Whereabouts are you based? So, yeah, we are in Marlborough. So um, we are about 30 minutes out in the countryside, which I love. Yeah. Uh, I've got a beautiful garden that I look out to and I also look out onto our back door to make sure there's no traffic of two small humans coming out while I'm ever recording podcasts. But that all went a bit pear-shaped the other day and I had my daughter at the back door whilst I was recording a very formal podcast uh, cradling her head that her brother had stepped on her head. Oh. And I was like, oh, just one moment, please. So you just never know and you've just got to be expecting what's possible. Um, yeah in the 21st century during lockdown. But to be honest with you, we've been in um, self-isolation really since last year, since we moved here. We're really loving that um, and, you know, doing all the things that we can do and enjoying our uh, home in the countryside yeah. while we can. Um, and, I mean, in the sense of it working well, the coaching's been going quite well online. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think people are so used to it now. We're so used to the digital uh, communications and you know you can have four or five people from one organization in lots of different remote areas online at the same time so I think everyone's adapting adapting well to you know the different way of way of doing things yeah and managing it themselves I had a coaching um, catch up uh, recently and one of the owners of the business um, actually while he was on the phone brought or he's on teams he brought in one of the other team members who he saw that was online and wanted to ask a couple of questions hooked that person in for a few questions and then shoved them out as quickly as he got them <laughs> in um, but it was like we were sitting in his office and he was like oh uh, so and so come in here for a second we've got a couple of questions perfect thanks piss off now and then we'll carry on. <laughs> it was like, wow, this is actually very lifelike um, at the moment. And um, I guess going to kind of questions, I've got questions around COVID, around your experience, um, starting off, you know, in the sense of all business owners I'm speaking with at the moment, they're re reviewing where they are and the, the position that they have. Is there any advice that you'd give to any business owners when they're reviewing the current business position? Yeah, I think really we've, you know, had to adapt our lives personally and professionally to a much simpler lifestyle. And I think we need to uh, take that and adapt it to our businesses ongoingly. Mm -hmm. So really simplifying what we're doing. If we were producing 20 products, let's produce 10 or even five. Yeah. If we had 100 different services, 
let's just focus on 20 and be really niche about our approach to uh, the target audiences and the target markets that we're wanting to reach and not trying to be everything to everyone. And I think really getting back to a place of purpose. Why do you wake up every day? Why do you do what you do? How is your organisation having positive impact? And if it's not having positive impact, why am I still creating these kinds of products or services? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really getting back to a business plan, you know, that's got that it's got depth and it's got meaning. We can't afford to be in business in the 21st century and just be focused on the one dimension, which is about profit and about growth. You know, obviously we're going through a time where it's about staying in business and creating sustainability. Um, but if we look at our businesses as an opportunity to create three-dimensional uh, business plans, I think that's the way that we need to move forward, that we're having that positive impact, that we're uh, impacting our people, we're impacting the environment, we're impacting the communities that we're in, and we're not just doing it at the cost of you know, growing shareholder yeah. uh, returns, that we're actually having a positive impact on all stakeholders. Yeah. Is there been something that's been topical? I mean, we pre this chat said we're going to be doing continuity talking about continuity that's a lot of what the ice house and the coach we've been doing um with the with our coaches across the country is there something that specifically that you've been seen to repeat quite a lot is it that continuity piece uh the interesting thing that i'm seeing and having a lot of conversations about is actually b corporation and a lot of businesses at this time considering going through their certification to become B Corp certified, mm-hmm. which I was interested in. I think that's because people have taken the time. They've realised that the greater world potentially is in disarray and actually getting back to the core of their business and the why of what they're actually doing, that they're going to be creating a for-profit organisation that's actually having impact, um, positive impact in the world. Uh, so I think that's been really interesting and that's been a thread from, you know, retail organisations to winemakers to, a, you know, a really vast array of different organisations that are interested in that. Uh, I guess it's the other thing is really about communication and how they continue to um, communicate to their team, com- continue to communicate to their suppliers. That's been uh, a, a hot topic of conversation about, you know, generating new income streams. You know, if the organisation isn't creating products and services that the world actually needs, how are they going to use the assets of their organisation, whether that be physical assets or intellectual property assets of the team, of the leadership of the organisation, and bundle those things up into things that people actually need? And maybe that means a complete justification organisation, but we really don't just just for the sake of creating stuff. Um, So really looking at new ways to make uh, an income, supporting our people, making sure that we are taking a complete stakeholder approach. And that means, you know, the environment, taking into consideration the changes that are happening within government, um, you know, NGOs, the, the people, the workers, the leadership team, your customers, every single stakeholder that is involved in your organisation and taking them into account when you're building your business plan for the future. Yeah, good. And, I mean, there's going to be some industries that are hurting more than others. There are some that are actually, you know, going to do well out of COVID. Is there any advice that you give to people, you know, I mean, your background's in retail. 
that that's obviously had took a big hit seeing um you know food and and hospitality is there any away from the business plan of pearls of wisdom that you'd be saying to people well, now they've got a bit of time to think about yeah well i think all of these uh industries that are being challenged extensively were in need of a transformation as it was mm -hmm. did we need thousands of fashion brands in the world do we need thousands of product brands in the world i don't think so and i think that's about going back to what i said before about simplifying what your offering is mm -hmm. You know, I had a local cafe here from Blenheim. I saw a post by the owner the other day and they were obviously not being able to open um, and they were selling coffee beans, um, the brand, I can't remember, coffee beans that they use in their cafe and they were saying for every sale of these coffee beans that get delivered to your home, um, we will get 25% of that sale. And I thought that's a really interesting approach. So how could other organisations use the relationships that they've got with, the, with their suppliers and actually creating something that works for everybody. Both yeah. of them aren't able to open, but that now they've used something that's, they've used a creative way to approach that they're still both generating a level of income. The supplier is getting 75% and the retailer is getting 25%. So I think it's just about being creative mm. in our approach uh, and coming up with new ways to do things and new thinking really. And Kiwis love, I mean, uh, I'm obviously, you heard from the accent, not born in New Zealand. I've been here for about eight years. Um, but one thing that I love about New Zealand, and you've got an Englishman and an Aussie, this isn't the start of a crude <laughs> joke, but got an Englishman and an Aussie start a podcast. Um, but you've got, you know, one thing that I do love about New Zealanders and myself included is that I love to buy from New Zealand. This is going to force people's hands to look into buying from New Zealand, just buying things from here and helping local you know businesses i personally have been buying some beer from a local business here in in west auckland because i know where it's coming from it's coming from them straight to me the cost is a little bit more but i love that because it's like that coffee beans you want to hear that businesses are going to be okay and if i can help that as an individual and as a someone who's buying the product then that makes me happy so like it's around that support using the the kiwi way to help um grow or keep business going i guess and that's something i've been advocating for a very long time and i wrote a white paper a couple of years ago and all of the things that i wrote about in that white paper are starting to come to fruition now and it's really about designing developing manufacturing and supporting local businesses mm -hmm. um, and that's how we really generate that community that's how we generate the economy we don't need to be having things imported from America. We don't need to have things imported from China. We have resources and the tools and the people and the innovative, interesting people to come up and design products and services that New Zealand can produce and, you know, that we can use here. Yeah. Um, so I really, you know, I've been advocating for a long time that, you know, New Zealand made or Aussie made is the way to um to move forward because if we're really only focused on getting cheap and cheerful products out of um, China's now second world country, um, out of emerging economies, mm. then I think we're up for a, a potential disaster. And we've seen that disaster now. Are we going to be made, buying made initially in the next five years? Probably not. Are we going to be made, uh, purchasing made in China garlic from China? Probably not. Mm. So 
you know, we really need to trust New Zealand made brands yep. and that trust is going to come through transparency. Where were the products made? Who made those products? And, you know, it's coming up to um, in four days time, uh, a campaign which is uh, designed by the fashion revolution where initially it was about turning your clothes inside out so people could read the label. And that was really about show me where my clothes are made, the people behind who made it, how they are treated. And I think that's a really great way um, to get that movement of made in New Zealand and produced in New Zealand and getting that movement, you know, empowering that movement and trusting that movement. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, when do we think that this is, is there going to be a new normal? Is there going to be normality? Um, uh, today we've got the announcement of what level three will look like and if we're going into it. Um, I mean, all of the things that we're doing now are probably going to be the, the new normal. Do you, do you think we're going to get back to something close to normality? Hard to say, really. I've never been a live day by day kind of person but I've had to adjust to the day by day and actually just enjoying where we are, what we have and enjoying that time really. So I haven't really been focused too much on the longevity of the future, Mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be a really wonderful time for uh, businesses because I see this time as great opportunity for businesses. We can actually start again because no one will expect that we're not going to have to diversify and change our business in some way, shape or form. So it's a really great opportunity to strip all the layers back and start again. And I think there's just, it's a wonderful time of opportunity. I really um, hard to say what the next 12 months are going to look like. Um, But if we can focus on ourselves and we can focus on what's available to us and what we can, what we can work on ourselves, both personally and professionally, Mm. I think the world is going to be in a much better shape in the next 12 months. Yeah. Something that I've noticed through um, the last three weeks or so um, in my role, I haven't been um, selling the dream to anybody. We we, we run programs at the Ice House that um, are kind of one of our biggest programs I I call like an MBA for business owners at the moment. They've um, we've, just around helping people in the now and about the next kind of two, three weeks, four weeks and so on uh, for the people who need it specifically. Um, But one thing I've noticed is that the business owners who really seem to succeed and pivot the best are the ones who are um, asking for help. I think often in this stage of, you know, this everyone's online and everyone connecting. Sometimes the irony is that people don't often ask for help. Um, I think that I'm starting to see more of that now. Would you agree with that, that people are reaching out more? Yeah, I think women, to me maybe, this is what I'm finding, um, women seem to be more open to uh, reaching out and putting their hands up and going, yep, we need need help and we don't know everything and we don't have all the solutions and we don't have all, all the answers. And nobody has all the answers because we've never in our lifetimes ever seen what the world what's happening around the world now so uh, I think it's a wonderful thing and there's a vulnerability um, to be able to share your truth and say I need help you know and that's personally and professionally there's a lot of people who are in isolation I'm here with two small children (laughs) you know some days I go what the hell am I doing do I really know how to parent and run a business at the same time and so 
sometimes I have to reach out to people and go, I need help. <laughs> what am I doing? And, you know, it's just simple strategies that you might get from one conversation or, you know, having half an hour in the garden on my own just to kind of reset my mind because otherwise I'm going to go stir crazy yeah. sometimes. So um, absolutely, I'm all for asking asking for help. I'd never make out that I know everything, whether that's business or no. life. I think I think that you're right. I think that naturally um, women do reach out more than men. I don't know if that's the uh, losing face that sometimes men don't like to. I personally am not like that. I'll probably ask for help more than, well, quicker than I actually need it, just if it means I can delegate and some, get someone to do something for me. That's always a win. Um, but, and it's a great way to fast track it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> totally if you're going to get to the you're going to get to the desired goals much faster if you actually go i don't have all the answers yeah. help me and if someone else does it wrong then you're like oh that's not how to do it so i won't do that when i'm doing it and um but uh, yeah i think um i mean but there's things that our business owners are, are realizing that they didn't before one of my clients when i was speaking to him last week i said have you heard about the the regional business partner partner fund but people who are listening who don't know about that there's a a pool of money each year that gets given to um, uh, companies or organizations regionally to support business owners. Um, and normally it's 50% of, of funding of training or coaching or bits of advisory work. You know, this, there's a uh, T's and C's around it, but we received the ice house, uh, a bit of funding on that. And I know that you've done some work under that banner before. And at the moment there's also COVID-19 specific funding, which is fully funded coaching and support that you, you apply for um, and you can use the Ice House or Catherine or any providers, there's many, many providers out there. But basically there's government funded money to help business owners to look at ways to pivot and how to deal with what's going on at the minute. And business owners don't realise that. They, they are un, unaware of someone who's been through the owner-manager program through the Ice House and I just presumed that he would know about that and he didn't. And he'd never received funding for when he did any previous work before. And it's because he reached out that he found out about it. So, you know, you, if we, there's things out there and ways to get help. And sometimes you can even get things paid for as well, which is amazing. And to be honest with you, it is such a wonderful, wonderful program. Mm. Uh, and obviously, as you said, there's, there's uh, eligibility and criteria that you've obviously got to go through. Mm. Um, but it's a really simple process. And you know what? If the funding is there, don't be, there's no shame in getting funding to be able to support you. And whether that's through COVID 19 or ongoing yeah. to coach you and keep you accountable towards achieving your, your goals, um, you know, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful program. And, you know, use the resource um, that is available. You um, post this, we'll, wherever we send this out to the masses, um, people can get in touch with us direct. So can go straight to the ice house website and you can get in touch by there or um we can put our email addresses and contact details on on the this when we um promote it and also we Absolutely. and there's webinars and things i know that you you do some of those the ice house have got some great webinars the best ones uh, are the ones that i host i found um um personally <laughs> but is there yeah i think there's a lot out there isn't there there's more than what people know um Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, with another project that I've been working on, we launched Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose last yeah. year and we were, had planned to have six events in May. So we obviously quickly pivoted and started to get all of that content uh, online and 
um, some podcasts. So we launched six podcasts last week. And as, as we said before, people are just getting used to the new norm. Uh, we will have some workshops coming up in, uh, in May as well. So it's just a good way to con- continue to connect, to continue to learn. This is such a wonderful time to go on that continuous education and learning journey. Yeah. Um, learn new things, learn things that you would never think that you would be interested in and try, you know, different topics and things I like think that. for people that have done that in the past, I, I don't think they are better business people, don't get me wrong, but I think that the people who have gone and, and gone on courses, attended some great seminars like, the, you know, just that are out there and are involving themselves, investing in themselves and the team, it's those kind of people that when stuff like this happens, um, deal with it the most pragmatically than up than everyone else because they've they've got networks to speak to about it that are out of their industry they're they're just open to speaking with people and, and getting more of a clearer understanding of the landscape rather than being quite insular couldn't agree more. um and so i mean it's in this time of um oh, i hate you know the, the uncertain time and this you know unprecedented situation all, all those things I, I, these podcasts I want to cut like I know, I'm trying to bring a bit of lightness to it so <laughs> instead of going on about that too much I, I thought that it would be, be good to get an understanding of what kind of people we are so and what the guests are coming through this break down some barriers I mean we do that um, away from this podcast but I thought that people who don't know anything about you a little bit of lightheartedness might help us uh, get through the day somewhat so um, you don't know what these questions are I've just got three and that scares me (laughs) Um, you don't worry Um, but please answer them without thinking too much and it's just three quick questions so if you and assumably, you want me to be honest with my. Yeah, answers, I mean, right? I know that you're a big, you're you're quite, <laughs> you're quite fitness freaky, and you all do that stuff. I mean, for people who don't know, Catherine sent me an app for F45 today, which I've opened and downloaded, and now my wife knows, so I'm gonna bloody have to do it. Um, but I'm so proud of you. I will do it. I will because I I do like going to the gym, but I, have, I hate doing things on my own, and so it's been a bit hard. And, you're not on your own. You're with millions of people all around the world on the same app at different times of the different times of the day. You feel the energy, you know so you're never That's on your own. So, um, so answer these questions without thinking too much. And if you don't want to answer them, I will answer them for you, uh, which will be even more embarrassing. That scares me yeah, even more. So, okay, uh, three questions. If you was to have a last meal, you're on death row. What would that last meal be? Oh, death row. I was thinking about death row actually the other night. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> um, I was eating tacos. It was probably last Tuesday. We have Taco Tuesday and I'm so sick of eating beef tacos. Yes. I would love to be in Sydney eating a taco with ceviche, with oh, tuna, yeah. raw tuna oh. or raw salmon, something that's just raw, uncooked mm. would be my, my dream thing to be um, – my last thing on death row right I mean, that's now. That's nice, but it's rubbish. It's too healthy. But okay, I'll let you have it. Okay, <laughs> um, it, give me, um, give me your best ever um, live concert that you've been to. Goodness gracious, Gareth! I'm not really a a concert goer or lover, no, to be honest okay. with you. I do remember. Um, Goodness, and it wasn't even a concert. I was just trying to think of something even from my from my childhood. Oh, you know what I did once go and see? She was crazy. Grace Jones oh, live in, in Sydney. Yeah. 
at the Enmore Theatre. She good. was an absolute lunatic yeah. on stage. Yeah. She really scared everyone. Yeah. Um, but lots of fun. An incredible body. She would have been probably 70 at that time and she had spandex from head to toe. Yeah. Uh, looking incredible in her gold uh, gold attire. She's brilliant. If anyone wants to see um, some uh, hilarious, well, just the type of person Grace Jones is, look up um, the Parkinson interview. Grace, put in Google Grace Jones Parkinson. Oh, yes. she's, I'm pretty sure she slaps him or slaps somebody. I've seen that. She's, yeah. yeah. Pretty intense. <laughs> anyway, um, and last and, and but not least, you know, a bit of time at, at home. Any Netflix or films that you, you love? Favourite film? Um, I'm, I'm watching I haven't, Mad Men again. Yeah, minute, but... I haven't watched anything, um, to be honest with you. By the time I get the kids to bed at night, I would prefer to be reading a book or drinking a glass of red wine by the fire. So I haven't really been dabbling uh, into Netflix. But the last film, and I'm also not a film buff either, but the last film that I did watch, which I loved, it's quite old, was uh, Salmon Fishing in Yemen. Um, so... Okay. It was an old DVD that we had at home. I know DVDs are so old. No, but, I've um, just got my DVDs out. Like I've just got out because I started watching Netflix um, uh, Mad Men again, which I love. It was a really good season. Um, and we started watching it. We got into the second one. And then Netflix sent me alert, said this is going to, we're withdrawing this from Netflix in the next two days. And there's another six um, um, seasons to get through. And what I remembered is that we had the DVD. So we've gone old school and we're watching DVDs again, which is... Um, you're not going to have any time for DVDs. You're going to be so exhausted after your F45, your yoga, your meditation, your journaling, I all know. these healthy things that I'm going to get you back into I'll, this week. You're not going to have time. I'll for let you into a secret. What we've been doing is we've been bringing our uh, dinners forward and we've been eating with our three-year-old at five o'clock um, as a family. And that's actually been awesome because then we've washed up, put the kids down and then at 7.30, we have nothing to do. And we're both asleep. By... You've got your whole night. <laughs> I will not be doing F45 then. If I'm going to do it, I'll do it in the in the in the early mornings rather than in the evening. But um, hey, I... F45 in the morning, yoga at night, <laughs> get you to bed, nice and relaxed. And people wouldn't have believed this, but we have met before, uh, and uh, I I don't think I'll ever be the person who does yoga before bed. But maybe that's what I should do. COVID should push it, push me to do it. I guess the transformed. <laughs> no one will recognize me when they meet me in person again um i think um hopefully people listening to this have got a few little gems but also had half hour where they're possibly working or whatever you're doing while you're listening to this um i hope it was beneficial to people and i really appreciate um what you're doing and you know anyone who wants to reach out please reach out to Catherine or myself we do want to help and um yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add at the end, I guess? No, uh, I'm just looking forward to the next part of my day. We're about to um, do a scavenger hunt outside. We haven't really ventured uh, outdoors today, so the rest of my day is going to be outdoors. But um, I guess going back to the business side of things, keep it simple, focus on what's really needed uh, in the world and redesign your business. If it's needing to be redesigned, redesign your business Um for what the world needs, not what you want to create or give to them. So keep it simple. Great advice to finish off. So thanks so much for your time. Um, really thanks so much, Gareth. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. And um, yeah, keep keep an eye out for Catherine Van der Mullen or the Ice House. Wonderful. Cheers.
Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is proudly sponsored by Hello World Travel, Jaguar, Rind and Dilma Tea, with all of our profit contributed to UN Women Aotearoa New Zealand towards women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Thank you.